Very good evening to you all and a warm welcome to the programme Living Lent as we come together to reflect, to pray and to listen to some music to help us on our Lenten journey. I'm Brendan Quinlivan and it's my great privilege these weeks of Lent to lead you in prayer and reflection here on Scariff Bay Community Radio. Today is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent, and in the Western Church tradition, it is known as Laetare Sunday. Laetare is a Latin word that means to rejoice, and the word is taken from the entrance or the opening antiphon of our Mass this weekend. Laetare Jerusalem, rejoice Jerusalem, and all who love her, be joyful all who were in mourning, and be satisfied at her consoling breast. It's almost as if during this rather austere season of Lent, we allow something of the joy of Easter to permeate our time of prayer and reflection together in our Sunday Mass. The priest casts off the purple vestments of penitence, of sorrow, and of mourning, and wears the rose vestments with that much brighter colour to remind us that we are more than halfway through our Lenten journey and that the great joy of Easter will soon be upon us. We are invited in our scripture readings at Mass this weekend to reflect on the story of the prodigal son and the great mystery of God's love and forgiveness for us and his welcome into the heart of his home. Father, meet me with your arms wide open The world's done broken, your prodigal son Down that road I traveled Everything rabbled, only came undone Father, lead me down to the river Wash me in the water till I'm whiter than snow Mercy for the wandering soul. I lost my way, but now I'm on my knees. If it's not too late, won't you tell me, please? You got a place for me, a little grace for me.
Father, meet me in the cool green valley In all of your glory when my days are done Name me as one of your chosen Heaven's unbroken prodigal son It has been said that if all the scriptures were lost and we were left only with the stories of the prodigal son and the good Samaritan, that we would have enough in those stories to help us to come to know God, to love our neighbour and to nourish our Christian lives. In 1986, Henry Nguyen, a Dutch theologian and writer, made a tour of St. Petersburg in Russia, the former Leningrad. And while he was there, he visited the famous Hermitage, where he saw, among other things, Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son. The painting was in a hallway and received the natural light of a nearby window. Nguyen stood for two hours, mesmerised by this remarkable painting. As he stood there, The sun changed, and at every change, the light's angle, he saw a different aspect of the painting revealed. He would later write, There were as many paintings in the prodigal sun as there were changes in the day. It is difficult for us to see something new in the parable of the prodigal son. We have heard the story so many times, we believe that we have squeezed it dry of meaning. Not only that, but as the saying goes, familiarity breeds contempt. When we hear the opening words of the parable once again, and there was a father who had two sons, we greet the words with ho-hum, heard it, heard it, heard it. Yet I would suggest that just as Henry Nguyen saw half a dozen different facets to Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son, so too there are many different angles to the story itself. We mustn't forget the way the story began. It begins, there was a man who had two sons. Our churches and our parishes are full of older brothers. He's earnest, he's sincere, he's a hard worker. Not too many of us have been saved from the skid rows of life. Not too many of us look back upon a lurid past. The sad part of it is, although we are like the elder brother in that we have never wasted our life, we are also like him in different ways. Most of us don't see, first of all, how unforgiving we can be. Second, we don't see this behaviour as prodigal behaviour for which we need forgiveness. And thirdly, we don't seem 
at times to realise how much the Father loves us too. Our lives lack a certain lustre. We don't have the spirit of celebration about us that the Father has. We don't rejoice over redemption. But we must also cultivate in our hearts the knowledge that God loves us as much as he does the younger brother. I say it again. God loves the older brother just as much as he does the younger brother. And I think it's time the older brother heard about it. My friends, our churches and parishes today are full of people who have never left the father's home. But for one reason or another, they just don't realise how much the father loves them too. And as a result, they are living as though they don't even have a father. They earnestly do what earnest people ought to do, but their souls are not aglow. When the service is over, we rarely talk about how real God is to us. We go into routine conversations about the weather and so on. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a grand homecoming party for a great host of people who have never gone to the city, who have never left home, so that they might fall in love with home once again.
as well as being the fourth Sunday of Lent or Laetare Sunday, today is also Mother's Day in this part of the world. That often comes as something of a surprise to our American cousins who celebrate Mother's Day much later in the year. Our celebration of Mother's Day reflects the ancient tradition known as Mothering Sunday, for traditionally on this day in Lent each year, people were encouraged to visit their mother church, the church in which they received the sacrament of baptism, or to perhaps visit the cathedral or the mother church of their diocese. It was a reminder to Christians that the church is truly a mother, that the church loves us with a mother's love, that whenever we turn up, they have to take us in, that that love should be an unconditional motherly love. So this Mothering Sunday, while we remember our traditions and our heritage, we pay tribute above all to those who by their love, their life and their sacrifices have blessed us and graced us. We give thanks for the mothers with us. We spoil them a little and we ask that God would bless them and care for them. We remember the mothers, the godmothers, the grandmothers, and all who have gone before us into eternal life, and we thank God for the way they influenced us and shaped the people that we have become. The love of mothers has been the subject of the literary endeavours of writers and poets and musicians and singers down through the generations. All of us have our favourite poems about mothers, Indeed, some years ago, when the people of Ireland and the Irish public were asked to choose a poem, a poem for Ireland, they chose Seamus Heaney's wonderful tribute to his mother when all the others were away at Mass. When all the others were away at Mass, I was all hers as we peeled potatoes. They broke the silence, let fall one by one, like solder weeping off the soldering iron. Cold comfort set between us, things to share gleaming in a bucket of clean water, and again let fall. Little pleasant splashes from each other's work would bring us to our senses. So while the parish priest at her bedside went hammer and tongs at the prayers for the dying, and some were responding, and some crying, I remembered her head bent towards my head, her breath in mine our fluent, dipping knives. Never closer, the whole rest of our lives. One of my favourite poems about mothers and motherhood is by the Galway poet Rita Ann Higgins. And I probably like this because I hear echoes of my mother in the words of the poem. And the poem is called The Power of Prayer. I liked the way my mother got off her bike to the side while the bike was still moving, graceful as a bird. We watched out for her after benediction. It was a game. Who saw her headscarf first? I nearly always won. The day the youngest drank paraffin oil, we didn't know what to do. All goofed round the gable end. We watched, we waited. Headscarf over the hill. Knowing there was something wrong, she threw the bike down and ran, 
She cleared fences with the ailing child. Mrs. Burke gave a spoon of jam. The child was saved. Marched indoors, we feared the worst. Our mother knew what the problem was. Not enough prayers are being said in this house. While the paraffin child bounced in her cot, we prayed and prayed. We did the creed, a blast of the Beatitudes. The black fast was mentioned. The confitier was said like it was never said before. Maria Goretti was called. So was Martha. We climaxed on the Magnificat. After that, it was all personal stuff. I liked the way my mother got off her bike to the side while the bike was still moving, graceful as a bird. For good neighbours with jam, for the Pope's intentions, for God's holy will, for the something of saints, for the forgiveness of sins, for the conversion of Russia, for Dr. Noel Brown, for the lads in the Congo, for everyone in Biafra, for Uncle Andy's crazy bowl, for ingrown toenails, and above all, for the grace of a happy death. I liked the way my mother got off her bike, to the side while the bike was still moving, graceful as a bird. I pray you'll be my And watch how she grows And help her to be wise Help me to let go Need to find a place 
get hung with your grace Give a faith so shall be saved Lead on to a place Get hung with your grace To a place where Some people ridicule Mother's Day as a lot of sentimental drivel. They say that it is nothing more than the creation of the greeting card companies and the florists. Well, of course, we must admit that there is sentiment to this day. But what's wrong with that? It seems to me a little bit of sentiment is healthy. Most mothers do the right thing and deserve recognition. I think that firstly mothers should be saluted for their tenacious love and I think I've chosen my word carefully. Tenacious is exactly the word I want to use. I sometimes think that sick rooms wear out fathers a whole lot quicker than they do mothers. Fathers become impatient and go in and out but mothers stick it out. As a general rule, I have found this to be true over and over. There's a doggedness about a mother's love that simply cannot be denied. Secondly, I think that mothers need to be saluted for the tremendous impact they have had on the lives of each and every one of us. I'm totally convinced that the person who influenced Jesus the most, second only to God, was Mary. Clearly Mary's role in God's plan did not end at the birth of Jesus. God used her, along with other persons and events, to help mould the personality and ministry of Jesus. In a real sense, Mary was always there for Jesus. Her love surrounded him, her values influenced him, her trust supported him, and the last thought that Jesus had on the cross with the sin of the world upon his shoulders, was for his mother. He looked at John the disciple and said, Behold your mother. And then he looked at Mary and said, Behold your son. Thirdly, I would salute mothers because where they are, that is where home is. Maybe a lot of us can identify with that. A house is a physical place. A home is where our loved ones are gathered. As a poet once said, wherever I wander, wherever I roam, wherever mother is, there is home. It is appropriate that we single out a day in the year to recognise mothers. But when we really think about it, there ought not be a day that goes by that we do not rise up and call our mother blessed. The highest tribute we can give to our mothers is not to praise her, not to give her a gift, not to pay a visit, and not even simply to come to church on her day. The greatest tribute we can give to our mother is to be the kind of person that she and our Heavenly Father would want us to be.
Remember, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, never was it That anyone who fled to your protection Implored your help or sought your intercession Was left unaided Inspired by this confidence I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand. Sorrowful, O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petition, but in your mercy hear and answer me. A very good evening to you and thank you all so much for your company for this last half hour of music and song and reflection. We'll be with you again next Sunday evening at the same time here on Scarif Bay Community Radio, helping us to live Lent more meaningfully. So good day, good evening, Kayla Reached. Good day, Shiv Sloan.
is not my petition, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Hear and answer me.